she looked at me and said, you're not telling the story to change what happened. You're telling the story to change you. I want you to be able to instantly recognize that voice. That is Donald Davis. And this is Stacy Julian with episode 111 of Exactly Enough Time. From its title, you might think that this is a podcast about productivity. And while I love to get stuff done, exactly enough time is much more about being present. It's about recognizing the time you have and making the most of it. It's about choosing to be playful and living with intention, curiosity, and connection. It's about owning what you love. I love stories and bringing more of whatever that is into your life. I am a life enthusiast and a believer. In this podcast, I tell stories and I invite you to celebrate people, places, and things that make you and your life amazing. Hello, hello, podcast friends. I love you. Thank you for listening. So, you guys, Donald Davis is an American storyteller, author, and minister. He had a 20-year career as a minister before he became a professional storyteller. He has recorded over 25 storytelling albums and written several books, and he appears frequently at storytelling festivals. And the coolest thing ever, back in November 2012, I actually took my parents and we attended a five-day How to Tell Your Story storytelling seminar with Donald Davis. Oh my goodness, I learned so much. And, you know, someday I'm probably going to have Donald on the podcast with me. That's what I think is probably going to happen. In the meantime, I'm going to link to that TEDx Charlottesville talk that Donald gave because there's so much that we can all learn from him. Now, <laughs> chocolate turtles. That's what I almost called this episode. I learned in person from this renowned storyteller, Donald Davis, that when you tell a story, what your audience experiences is not the words that you speak in like typewriter fashion, moving across their mind, but rather a little movie that is created in real time. Someone listening to a story quickly locates from their past experiences moving images to illustrate what you are saying. They make a movie from your story. Donald Davis actually says it this way. A good storyteller doesn't tell you something. She shows it to you. Isn't that cool? So I'm publishing this episode on a day that falls squarely between National Tell a Story Day and National Scrapbooking Day. It's true. 
National Storytelling Day is always on April 27th each year in the United States. It encourages people of all ages to share stories. The stories can take many forms. You can read from a book or create one from your imagination. Stories recreated from childhood memory, this is what the website says, leave an indelible imprint on everyone involved. Any good storyteller will tell you some of the very best stories come from real life experiences. In the United States, each year on the first Saturday in May, it's National Scrapbook Day. Yeah, and it invites the country to bring their talents together to celebrate the art of scrapbooking. It's known as National Scrapbook Day, and avid scrapbookers gather to share their craft. This day was established by the company Creative Memories in 1994. And this year, the first Saturday in May, just happens to be May 1st. So, my friends, happy National Tell a Story Day and happy National Scrapbook Day. I think that right now today as I record this, it's the perfect time, absolutely primo time for some story sharing and for reviewing four elements or aspects of a good personal story as determined by yours truly. (laughs) Okay, so here, according to me, are the first three elements of any good personal story. Number one, element number one is, this is going to come as a huge shock, a beginning. Number two, a messy middle. And number three, an end. I know, brilliant, right? You're thinking to yourself, how does she do this? (laughs) But you guys, here's the challenge. Seeing this pattern play out in our own everyday experiences in the midst of normal life. It's not easy to do, right? We just we just live our lives. There's nothing uniquely interesting going on with me, is there? I mean, it's just seemingly mundane stuff that I do. You may have asked yourself, are there really stories in my life? I just do everyday stuff. Nothing terribly unique or exciting. Oh my goodness, yes, there are stories, absolute stories, hundreds of them, lots and lots and lots, which is precisely why I wanted to call this episode Chocolate Turtles. Now, stop right there, (laughs) because what did you just picture? When I say chocolate turtles, what is the image that your brain brought to the surface of your conscious? Was it candy made with pecans and caramel and covered in milk chocolate? Or maybe like me, you thought, wait, isn't that a Harry Potter thing? (laughs) Whatever you thought, or more technically, whatever you saw, is immediate evidence that our brains are search engines for our personal past Now, as a public apology to two of my children and to all HP fans, of course it's not chocolate turtles, but chocolate frogs. 
that are very popular wizarding sweets made from chocolate in the form of a frog. And of course, they come with a collectible card of famous witches and wizards in each pack. But I digress. What I should have said was not chocolate turtles, but chocolate and turtle. (laughs) Or perhaps even less confusing, a tiny turtle and dark chocolate coconut cake. I am going to read to you two recent stories that I've written for my scrapbooks as part of my Story 52 year-long class. And as I just suggested, one is about a tiny turtle and another is about a brownie-like cake that I make. Now, please know that I do not actually have any formal training as a writer. I got a B- minus in freshman English. I did get an A in technical writing, go me, (laughs) but I just feel better knowing that you know that I am a bit of a poser, except that I believe it's not so much what credentials you have as what credibility you establish through doing exactly what it is you want to do. I, Stacy, want to write. And the more I do it, the better I get. Okay, now, as I read these stories, I want you to listen for the three elements that I've shared so far. Remember, number one is the beginning. How is the stage set? Who are the characters? And how is this setting described? Number two is the messy middle. What goes wrong? Even temporarily. You You truly can't have a story without a little mess. And number three, the end. How are things resolved or wrapped up? What have you learned? Will there be another chapter? Is there a teaser of some kind? And then after I'm done, I'm going to share with you the fourth element of a good personal story. Okay, let's start with the turtle. This story is titled, Tiny Turtle with a Big Problem. On July 27, 2014, my brother Cougar and his wife Hillary and their family were in Spokane. We decided to go walking by the river and throw some rocks. It was still early in the day, but already hot, so splashing in the river sounded like a good idea. Here's what I remember next. Hillary and I perched on rocks trying to carry on an adult conversation and a sudden clamoring as cousins all gathered around something. As we peeled back kids and made our way to the middle of the commotion, we discovered the center of attention to be a tiny little turtle. And yes, I know that tiny means little, but it was so very small that neither tiny or little without the other sounds quite right. Anyway, I don't think its shell was much bigger than a quarter. And in addition to being tiny and little, it was likely processing as much anxiety as a tiny turtle can process, with squills of curious delight and finger probing exploding around it. I'm certain it wasn't 30 seconds later that I heard the first, can we keep it? 
followed by a chorus of, yeah, yeah, keep it. We want to keep it. My response, absolutely not. We are not set up to take care of a turtle and I don't want to get set up to take care of a turtle. So the answer is no, period. And don't ask again. End of discussion. Play with it and then put it back in the river where it belongs. To which one of the older cousins probably said, Yeah, hook it back in the river. (laughs) You can tell from the photos on this page that nobody listens to mom. What you may not have noticed is that the tiny turtle seemed to be missing a leg. I believe it was either Parley or Taft who pointed this problem out first. And somehow that fact, combined with incessant pleading, changed the outcome of this story and the future of this miniature amphibian, whose name is now Kotayam. I have no idea how Kotayam lost his left front leg. We guessed maybe it was bit off by a predator? The part of the story that we love to retell took place a few days later when, accompanied by Taft, I drove to Petco to purchase his researched list of turtle care basics. Once inside the store, we stopped a clerk to ask directions and mentioned that we had found a turtle in the Spokane River, to which with great alarm she replied, um, it's illegal to remove a turtle from its natural habitat. You need to go return him at once. Before mom relief had even a moment to settle around me, I heard myself explain that we didn't know we were breaking turtle code and that we only kept him because he was injured. I pulled up a photo on my phone and I showed her. Her demeanor did a 180. And she then said with much compassion, This is turtle rescue. Follow me. Nearly $400 later. Yes, you read that right. $400. We got Kotayam set up at home, where he has managed to grow into a much larger western painted turtle with beautiful orange markings on his underside, And since he now has an official page in the family albums, it's safe to say that he is indeed a part of the family. I have to admit that though I routinely threaten to return him to his birthplace, that I do in fact like him. I do not like cleaning his tank. But when the water is clear, watching him swim or walking by and seeing him all chilled out on his platform is pretty cool. Plus, we have all grown accustomed to the gurgling of his filter and might even miss that constant but calm-inducing background noise. We are a happy family of humans and a turtle. Oh, wait, there's a snake too, but that's another story. Okay, And now the story titled Dark Chocolate Coconut Cake. I love brownies so much that in 2007, I actually kept track of every single brownie I ate in a brownie tracker scrapbook. Yes, I did. Today, when you scroll my desserts I eat, 
board on Pinterest, it is one long brown blur. What's clear is that I am still in pursuit of anything chocolate and gooey. Back in 2012, when I embraced my gluten intolerance, I started pinning recipes to try. I tried and I tried and I tried to find anything that didn't require wheat flour and refined sugar and still approximated the experience of eating a brownie. Then, one day, I tried a recipe I had pinned and I liked it. I really liked it. It was almond flour and coconut oil, honey, eggs, and cocoa powder. And when I sprinkled mini chocolate chips on top and didn't overbake it, it came out dark and gooey and very, very rich. I had finally found my gluten-free brownie recipe and I was thrilled. I tweaked ingredient portions here and there in the process of practice makes perfect and my husband was my ever-willing test kitchen guinea pig. With each batch, he would report, "Mm, a little dry this time, or maybe a tad too sweet. But in general, he was sold. This recipe for paleo brownies did not raise his blood sugar, and for that reason alone, they became his favorite new treat. My kids were definitely not as enthusiastic. They were still missing the old Costco box brownies and quote-unquote real chocolate chip cookies that I had made for years. But it was too late. And sadly, I'm not the kind of mom that makes something with chocolate in it that she can't eat. One Sunday, I decided I was ready to go public. We were feeding the missionaries. And so after dinner, I told them I had prepared gluten-free brownies. They said, yeah, sounds good. We dished up the goodness and passed it around. After we left the table and enjoyed their message, I offered to wrap up additional brownies for them to take home. Oh, no, no, thank you, they quickly and emphatically replied. I didn't think much of it until after we closed the door behind them and my boys nearly simultaneously turned to me and exclaimed, Mom, stop calling those brownies. (laughs) One boy went on to explain, the missionaries didn't want the brownies because they're not brownies. I get that you like them, but that's because you have entirely forgotten what a real brownie tastes like. My boys were clear enough, and now I understood the dilemma. I needed to give my new brownie recipe a different name. And that, my friends, is precisely how dark chocolate coconut cake was born. (laughs) Chocolate and turtles, I told you. So here's the thing. If I can write stories about pet amphibians and gluten-free recipes, you can write stories about your life. Just start at the beginning, set the stage, and introduce the characters, then explain how or why things get a little messy. And finally, show what ultimately happens. Who wins? Who learns? Are you ready for the fourth element? Time. 
That's it. It's a beginning, a messy middle, and an end with plenty of time. It takes time, you guys, to write a story. There is always, at least for me, an initial draft. And then there's some editing. When I read and then reread what I've written to make sure that I have used enough details and description that someone else can make a little movie with my words. A good storyteller doesn't tell you something. She shows it to you. And that's it. That is really, truly how you tell a story. Now, you guys, I'm teaching this class, Story 52. I don't think I've talked much about it on my podcast, but I want to talk about it today because it's helping me, encouraging me, and giving me a community where I can tell stories, weekly stories. So I want to share with you during this week, most appropriately dedicated to telling stories, a special opportunity to join me in the last, what, three quarters of this 2021 year. I want to share with my podcast listeners an opportunity to come join Story 52. I'm going to give you a promo code. Are you ready? Don't worry if you're walking or driving because it'll be in the show notes. But the promo code is 35 weeks. That's the number three, the number five, and then capital letters W E E K S. 35 weeks because there are still 35 weeks left in 2021. 35 personal stories that you have the opportunity to tell or to craft or to present in any way that suits you. But I want you to come have fun in this community with me telling stories. But wait, it gets better. (laughs) Because when you register for Story 52, you are going to receive in the mail the cutest and most colorful deck of 24 storytelling cards. Yes, it's called the story deck and I designed it. It's like seriously super cool creative direction for storytellers. There are four kinds of cards. There's category cards that direct you to focus your story in one of four categories. And I talk about them all the time, but it's like us and people, places or things. And then there's start here cards so that you know where to start. Are you going to start with words? Are you going to start with product? You're going to start with a specific technique. And then there's cards that are say it with cards to give you so many different approaches, ideas, avenues for actually putting the story together. And finally, there's a bunch of go wild. Is it go wild? Go wild cards that just give you extra challenges that make the storytelling process really, really fun. So you could, you could be having more fun in 2021 and there's plenty of year left. Each week in Story 52, you receive an email from me every Friday. And in that email, 
I show you the the story deck cards that I dealt myself and I show you the resulting scrapbook page or story. And then you can go from that email over to our classroom. There's more information about each of the pages that I create. There's resources like fun color combinations and sketches to inspire your design. And then monthly, you guys, we get together over on YouTube. We have a YouTube live and we get to connect in real time. We get to talk to each other. I answer questions. Sometimes I present something I've prepared. So in May, for example, I'm going to talk more about this writing process that I've shared with you today. So if you want help coaching even when it comes to this process of writing out a story, you know, of creating the beginning, the messy middle, and the end with lots of descriptive detail. If you want some help with that, get yourself registered for Story 52 and then come hang out with us on YouTube. Of course, if you can't make the YouTube Live, all of those sessions are archived in the classroom. So when you join in May, you have access to everything coming up and you have everything archived that you've already missed. It's seriously an awesome storytelling opportunity. We all have stories and some of you right now are thinking, I know, but I don't really do that scrapbook thing. Well, hello, that's why I create classes. Story 52 is designed to help you get started and have fun. So forget the fact that you think that you can't do this or you did it a whole bunch of years ago and now you're super behind and all of that stuff, all of those sentences that you tell yourself, you have some amazing memories, don't you? You have pictures. Let's get together and create some actual tangible stories with those pictures and those memories. I can totally help you do that. And I want to help you do that. And because you listen to my podcast and because you have access to this promo code, 35 weeks, all capital letters, you're going to save $20. So where the class is normally $52, that's $1 per week, you are going to save $20 and only have to pay $32. So it's still just $1 per week. I sincerely hope that you will give it a try. Tell some stories. Do it on your own or come join me and do it with the Story 52 community. Either way, I want you to know that you have amazing stories to tell, that you matter, your perspective matters, and your stories will be valued for generations to come. I believe that. I know that. In fact, that is one of the reasons I even create this podcast I want to document and preserve some of my own stories, but I really want to remind listeners each week that you have everything you need to be present and to take notice and to appreciate what you find. When it comes to telling personal stories and leaving a legacy that matters, you most definitely have exactly enough 